Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. And my name is Lauren Chu, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping to guide the conversation today too. Hi, everybody. Today we have Denise Hum from Skyline College. Uh, could you give us a brief introduction to yourself and tell us what you're currently working on? Okay. Um, so I teach math and I co-direct Mesa at Skyline. So we're a community college just south of San Francisco. And currently I wear many hats, um, none of which are involved teaching this semester. Um, but basically I'm working on two data science related grants. I'm at the tail end of an NSF IUS grant to build an alternate pathway into STEM via statistics and data science. Um, and then more recently, I'm working on a California Learning Lab grant to essentially take that next step by rethinking the typical lengthy math sequence by creating a math for data science course. And then I also co-direct our MESA program, our math engineering and science achievement program to help underrepresented students um, in STEM to support them through transfer. And so at the heart of it, I would say that my work revolves around broadening access to and increasing participation in STEM. Awesome, thanks. Um, could you give us, uh, you know, can you talk about your journey that you have brought this uh, Foundations of Data Science class, Data 8, uh, to Skyline College? What motivated you to uh, start to offer this class at the community college? So I think around 2018, I had first heard of data science in general. Um, one of my former students actually requested a letter of recommendation for grad school. So that's how I heard about data science to begin with. And I had come across the UC Berkeley Data 8 course on edX, which I did about two thirds of it. I thought this is actually pretty interesting. This seems like something that we could bring to Skyline. I didn't know anything about articulation at the time. Um, but I started looking around to see what Bay Area universities besides Berkeley had data science. And I did my master's at Cal State East Bay. And so I saw that they had a concentration in data science that only required calculus one, which I think is a huge draw for our students. Um, so I had reached out to my former professor, Eric Seuss, about, I don't know, two weeks before Christmas <laughs> to, to, to see what was going on and see if we could essentially create a transfer pathway. That's what I was thinking at the time. Um, and then fast forward to the next, well, AB 705 had passed, right? So that's essentially illuminating algebra at the community colleges and having students come in already deciding if they wanted to do STEM or not. Um, I think that one of the biggest changes that that brought was placing decidedly non-STEM students into statistics, which I think is a better experience overall than subjecting them to algebra, but at the same time, it eliminated a pathway into STEM because historically, intro stats has been a terminal course, right? And so I did have in the back, so I have these like parallel ideas going on, you know, I did want to bring 
um, data science to Skyline, but I couldn't really figure out how to do it besides like saying it's a cool thing to do. Um, but I was at a professional development workshop around maybe 705. And, you know, it was really made clear that students had to decide coming in and that, you know, there really wasn't, they really just, them was not an option for them if they took statistics. And, you know, I went into college, declared a humanities major. So I, I really felt that we have this obligation to give students a pathway into STEM. And then I had this epiphany, I could put these ideas together, you know, somehow turn statistics into an on-ramp to STEM. Somehow, you know, maybe we could get them into data science and then funnel them to East Bay that doesn't have like super high math um, requirements. Um, and so that began the quest to bring data aid to Skyline College. That is so cool. I never actually knew that that was like your your starting mission statement. That is really interesting. And it's super related to like all these debates we're having about uh, even the high school math as well. You know, like, let's keep the space so that people can still discover STEM. Right. You know, uh, that's that's really interesting to hear. Um, yeah. OK, so what uh, you know, you're offering this data science class, but at a two year, you know, mm -hmm. what are some of the unique challenges or opportunities you face with uh, offering data science at a two year versus a four year institution? So I think the biggest challenge that I'm facing is so I think this is unique to Skyline specifically. Um, is the general lack of awareness of data science, right? We are just across the bay from you at Berkeley where you enroll like over a thousand students a semester in data eight, and I'm struggling to get enrollment. Um, and just in talking to students, even computer science majors, they just have no idea that data science exists or what it entails. Um, and so I think that is the biggest challenge that I'm facing at, at Skyline. Um, but also, you know, I think the just the approach to teaching the course i've never actually taught the course but i've taken it as a student i, I enrolled last semester so let me back up by saying um we started offering it at the height of the pandemic when everything was online um uh, and we were able to get the class enrolled but as it turns out a lot of our students were actually berkeley students um and people from the community especially high school students who had parents who worked in tech right and we had very few community college students. So one of my biggest pushes was to bring the class to campus last year. And that was the class that I enrolled in. And I think what it, so that was a big transition for students also, right? Because now they're back face to face. We're looking at their faces. We can see how confused they are. But I think that bringing that course back to campus sort of like made being confused and asking for help like a norm, like just trying to norm that. Um, yeah. And having really intrusive help, for example, having a, an embedded tutor who came to class every day to help us was really important and just having students work in groups and really continuing. I think what um, we have to do at community colleges is to really facilitate the learning outside of class, right? Yeah. By having study groups and like physically walking with students to the learning center to continue the work. So I think building those skills and relationships, especially after the pandemic, um, has been really important in 
helping our students be successful. That is awesome. Um, so what I hear you saying is like, you know, your original thesis is how to provide alternative pathway to STEM. And then the class is not filling up with those people. Or, you know, how do we so I guess you're, you know, how do we find those people and attract those attract them in? And and maybe this is something you're still struggling with, but maybe you could just comment on like, what is the way to get those people, uh, you know, to sign up for this class? Well, that's a good question that I am trying to answer. So part of, um, you know, part of the grant process is to have an external external evaluator. And I have a great one who's, who's really helped me with trying to think of ways to do it. And like one thing was like social media. So we tried. So I actually have two student assistants now working on, well, advertising in general. So first they were doing Instagram posts and one was doing interviews, but that wasn't getting a lot of traction. Um, so what we've found is that students need like personal invitations or just like personal nudges, like, Hey, you're a psych major. You're really good at the stats thing. You should try data science. Have you thought about it? Um, but at the same time I was getting word that students were just like afraid, like there's coding, there's math like this is hard, they're scared to do it. And committing to like the way we teach our class, it's like six hours of instruction, right? So that that's a huge commitment for I think, you know, undecided students to like commit to. So last semester said, okay, let's do some workshops, right? Beginning Python workshops, beginning, you know, data analysis workshops. And I worked with our retention specialist, Louise, who's been amazing. Um, together with our data science club and computer science club to offer a series of like, it ended up being about eight workshops leading up to our own data-thon. So it provided very like low stakes, low commitment, like students come in for an hour, you know, a lot of professors offered extra credit. Um, they could learn the skills. They didn't like it. They didn't have to come back if they liked it. You know, it would lead up to our data-thon. And I said, look, this is totally beginning. We're just competing amongst ourselves. Our goal is to have fun. This is a day and a half. Right. And so I think providing a lot of low stakes, low commitment opportunities and just getting in the faces of students um, and telling them they should try it out has been helpful and at least generating excitement um, around data science for students to actually like inquire about. Awesome. Definitely. Um, and then I'm going to have a couple questions. It's more general questions regarding um, like the educators that listen in. So what advice do you have for educators that are looking to establish partnerships that um, can enhance the transferability of data science courses between institutions like you've been pursuing? I think one of the things that I have done that has been helpful is to just look at the colleges or find out from students where they're interested in transferring to and then looking to see you know what if they if those universities offer data science and then what i've just done is like for example i reached out to csu east bay i keep trying to reach out to san francisco state but um they, they only have like a graduate program um and like san jose state right and so just reaching out to those departments personally and just emailing them hey you know we have students here who are interested in transferring to your institution. Can we have a discussion about data science and how we can align our curriculum or like how we can collaborate in some way, right? So that's been really helpful. I think 
what CAPSI, the California Alliance for Data Science Education, participating in that has been incredibly helpful. I think you do a good job at getting the UCs, the CSUs, and community colleges in the same room so we can start talking about or bringing, I think, bringing to light how crazy the articulation process is. Like, I had no idea how complicated that was. Um, but it's been helpful. For example, I just had this whole email conversation just a couple of days ago with faculty at UC Riverside. Um, and it turns out that all but one class, which ironically is our intro stats class, like articulates with their um, data science undergraduate program. So just, you know, having being able to have these conversations and this general awareness of who's doing what has been incredibly helpful. But I think really just making those personal connections and reaching out to those departments has been incredibly helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then what strategies do you employ to kind of spark interest in data science among students who like may not know about it or may not have um, thought that it was for them before? So I think, well, let me start with our biggest effort was to bring sort of data science-like skills to intro stats, right? So most of our math students are in intro stats. And so that was the motivation for the NSF. I use grant, it's just like meet our students where they're at. So we've turned that class into like project-based learning and we are teaching them how to code. Since it was like the height of like, I don't know, we got it in fall 2020. So I had to get math faculty on board to teach coding online. So Python was a bit much but SAS is fairly straightforward for that purpose. So we, we initially did it in SAS. Um, and so most of our like face-to-face -face courses are actually in this format. Um, and then in this last year, we've been really trying to convert that, that those classes to using Python because I think that will allow students to engage better in our workshops and just like more data science directional or STEM directional kind of um, activities. Like for example, when we looked at the Datathon workshops, really the only statistics students that were participating were in Python based courses. Um, so I think that's the thing. And just for me personally to go to classes, um, to advertise our different events and say like, hey, you should really try this. It's, there's, there is no commitment. We have food. Apparently they really like fruit snacks and Capri Sun. Um, and, you know, just having side conversations with people and also with, with counselors who I know have students in my classes um, to just talk to them about, oh, the student is a psych major. They're really good at stats. Maybe, you know, they should take some data science classes and consider minoring because that would give them some amazing job skills that would set them apart, right? So it's a lot of conversations. Um, and really, like I was saying, just opportunities to engage. I think this semester we're doing Data Jam in collaboration with the Berkeley Data Science Discovery Program um, to give students the opportunity to work on projects. Um, I think they're really looking at how it can affect their, they're looking at projects that are really community-based, their immediate community or like within the state. So just bringing different opportunities and exposure to data science and how it could relate to students. Um, and I think I've given up on just like trying to get a bunch of data science majors. It's just really, so what I've been focusing on lately is just saying like, okay, 
that's great. You're majoring in econ. That is great. You're majoring in computer science. But like, think of all these like additional ways that having some data analysis skills would like enhance that experience and give you more job skills, essentially. Yeah. And then looking forward, um, do you have any plans to help expand the data science curriculum at Skyline um, beyond just data eight base course? Yeah. So to go along with the pathway to Cal State East Bay, we had also introduced an intro Python course, which actually has been really helpful in, um, in getting students engaged that way as well. I initially had thought we would have them take intro stats, intro data science, and then intro Python, but it's been, there's been some actually back and forth that way. Um, we also have on the books an applied machine learning class which isn't transferable, we haven't offered it yet, but I think that would actually be a good follow-up course to the data eight class. Um, we could teach them some pandas, some more machine learning, um, and, and they can go on and get an internship or job. So those are the next steps um, that I think are in the future, in the next year or so. And that and that kind of goes together with the introduction. So I did just have passed the curriculum on a certificate. So we will have a certificate on the books next year as well. Yeah, and then as we've come to the end of the interview, we have one question that we ask all of our interviewees. Um, do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom for data science educators around the world who are listening in? <laughs> Parting words of wisdom. Okay, so I was thinking about it's not so much focused on data science educators around the world, but maybe towards educators in the state of California, particularly community colleges, because I know that this is actually a very, I don't know if scary is the word, but like an interesting time to be, especially in math education with AB 1705 and the changes that that will bring. Um, but I think that data science gives us the opportunity to really rethink math curriculum and really invigorate it. I know that you know data science is sort of like interdisciplinary between math and computer science, um, which is okay. But you know, I think that at least it invites the conversation about how we can innovate and really an opportunity to create new courses. Yes, we will lose some courses as you know, results of this legislation, but at the same time, let's create some new ones and like bring us into this century, essentially. Um, so yeah, I think this is an exciting time actually to be in math education. Awesome. That's that's a great way to wrap up. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being on today. Wonderful chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.